0: I'm going to duct tape two knives together. Use it as like a super knife. How about that? I'm going to duct tape a gun to my bodyguard. That seems like the best option.
1: Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute, head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom, check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the Classic Horrors Club. It's where you can follow along and dive really deep on a wide variety of genre foundations. For now, though, you're here with us, and as you probably noticed, I'm not Jack, I am Jake. And sitting next to me is someone else who's living in an alternate universe version of the 1990s. It is Mark. There's thunder in my heart, Jake. Every move I make is like lightning. Excellent.
0: Yep. Full of energy this week.
1: And as you... Yeah, we need it. As you notice, Jack, he's not here. He's stuck in what appears to be a literal ghost town. Something he described as, quote, a combination of wrong turn and ghost movie. And then he just went dark. So... Jake let's
0: let's call a spade a spade he went out he bought a metal detector he's searching through ghost towns for a missile silo he can fall into and find his own turbo glove
1: he may be guaranteed he's just yeah he's like he's a method podcast recorder but he's gonna miss the podcast
0: yeah well you know
1: you gotta take no risk it no biscuit Jake Well, that's the kind of Cracker Jack operation we run here, and for those of you unfamiliar with that Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 2015's Turbo Kid, which was my horror-ish pick. Uh, We'll get into that and try to make an argument for its inclusion in the genre, which will be a lot of fun, but first we got to do the getting drunk part, so on that score, let's do Beers for Fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears?
0: This is a hard movie to beer. I haven't used that excuse in a few weeks, so I feel like I should get a little bit of leeway on this one. Um, I am drinking a green flash beer called, uh, it's just called green flash blonde. Uh, I, you know, main chick is blonde apple. Plus there's a lot of green in this
1: movie in the form of
0: acid rain and weird mysterious gas. Okay. So
1: you want to keep jamming it in there? You want to jam it any harder?
0: Uh, no, I feel like I've jammed it plenty.
1: I can wait. Keep jamming.
0: Um, there's... I mean, it, it's a post-apocalyptic nightmare, so it's probably, there was a flash at one point, I would assume, from, like, a nuclear weapon. So I got all three letters.
1: Oh, green, okay. flash,
0: blonde. Nailed it. 10 out of 10. Best beer selection. Mm. What do you have?
1: So, I do kind of agree with you. This is a hard movie to beer. There just are not many things out there that speak directly to the title or subject of this one, at least that I was able to find. So I did something a little bit different. I found two beers that I really liked, but I couldn't just, like, drink one and drink the other and call it a... Call it a day, so I made kind of a beer suicide mark.
0: Okay, I think that's just I just got called black and tan.
1: <laughs> yeah, sort of. I got a Turbo Dog by Abita Brewing, okay. and I got a Sam Adams Rebel Rider. So I combined the two to make a Turbo Rider, and a brown with a session IPA is kind of an interesting concept. Where... Are you?
0: Are you actually? Did you actually just put them in the same cup, or are you drinking them? Yeah, it's in this
1: big old thing.
0: Okay, well, I was going to give you a 9 out of 10, which is worse than mine, but since you're drinking them at the same time, synergistically, I think you get an 18 out of 10.
1: That was the whole thing. That was the whole point. Oh, and I'd like to also point out that I am drinking water, which may or may not be made of people. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Okay, fine. Extra bonus point. It's important to hydrate, 10. Mark. Are you happy? Good.
1: Uh. I'd like the 20. You're not going to give it to me, though. Anyway, it is... We'll move past it. It is the start of the month when this podcast comes out. I think we'll be around the 2nd. Is that Monday? Is that how days work? Something like that. We've
0: established in the past that I am completely incapable of counting forward or backward in time. Yeah.
1: Well, it's going to be October when you hear this, and October is chock the fuck full of horror movie releases. How many are we talking? Like, just shy of 40? Uh, At this point, it looks like there are
0: at least 31 that are honest to God horror movies. Uh, there might be a few more if we can find trailers for them and actual release dates. There are additionally f- at least five horror-ish, horror adjacent ones, and on top of that, that makes it 36. On top of that, there are four others that we've talked about in the past or are getting limited screeners that we're not doing a full review on yet, or have done in the or already have.
1: Yeah, that qualifies as shitload. Yes. So perfect timing, leading up to Halloween. It's the appropriate month. Let's be honest for a ton of horror movies to come out and if you're interested in checking out what all of those are listener we're not going to run through each one of them now because we're here goddamn long enough anyway uh head over a to z the horror release roundup for october will be up and you can check out the trailers read about the stupid things that we had to say about said trailers and just kind of see what you want to be watching leading up to halloween so let's get into it let's talk about top one first i like going best to worst uh i think First things first, we need to acknowledge the overwhelming elephant in the room with this one, Mark. A little thing called Stranger Things, season two, coming out.
0: Correct. This month. You are both technically correct. I I didn't have a backup to that. You are just technically correct. Thanks.
1: Yep. You could have said literally.
0: Uh, I have had a very storied and uh, painful past with that
1: word. (laughs) In any case, we all know what that one's about. It looks fucking awesome. Everyone on the face of the earth has seen the trailer already, so we don't really need to talk about it here. We're kind of doing a thing where the movie or show, as it were, that we're most excited about is kind of aside from that, because it does look really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm more excited for Stranger Things 2 than I was for It, to like, oh, for, I, provide a I, magnitude I, comparison. I, it's not even close for me. I'm way more excited. So, yeah, it's, it's it's bordering it's on
0: awesome. considering
1: taking sick leave from work to binge watch. <laughs> I, I hope my it. employer does not listen to this. I'll get behind <laughs> it. They, there's no chance they do. Let's talk about your actual top one, Mark. What do we got? Uh, there's so many this month. You've covered that. Uh, yeah.
0: it's it's hard for me to put on a specific one. I think this is gonna come back up a little bit later. But I wanted to talk about Happy Death Day. Yeah, um, it's one I actually didn't really see coming. I, I know I've seen like the poster floating around. I never actually looked into it. I didn't see any trailers until very recently. Uh, this is Groundhog Day, but with murder.
1: Exactly, yeah. which is a fucking genius. I'll I'll jump right in here. This was also in the running for my top one this month, and I believe it was in the running for Jack's top one. So Groundhog I think it's Day is of, one of the greatest movies of all time.
0: I think it's because and, of uh, 50 Cent. Let's be real.
1: I mean, Let's not be real. That's not why. That's okay. the opposite reason. Um, <laughs> it's her birthday. It's almost like I'm shocked when I see the trailer that something like this hasn't really been done. Thinking about what Groundhog Day was.
0: Well, is it almost too derivative of Groundhog's Day? Like, do you think this was suggested before, but people were like, I don't know, it's been done.
1: Maybe. I don't know. It just seems like what was done in Groundhog Day lends itself so well to a more horror-specific story that I don't find it to be that derivative. I guess you can make the argument, but to me, it's just, nah. Yeah. Looks great. That's fair. I am uh, pretty excited for this one, but
0: I definitely am going to have a bunch of quibbles with how she deals with her infinite amount of time. Because honestly, like if you're getting it murdered at the end of the day... But you have, like, an infinite amount of time. Don't you still, and we'll see how they do this in the movie, but don't you still take 10,000 years or whatever to learn to play piano and speak Cantonese and do a bunch of other stuff like Bill Murray does? Like, who cares? Well, it really like doesn't matter at
1: today. that point. It doesn't matter if you are murdered or if you just fall asleep and wake up. It's the exact same thing.
0: Right, exactly. Take that so, time. You're you're going to live
1: forever. Do what you want. The thing I'm interested to see how they handle it is, like, what happens during the inevitable sequence of the film where she's like, I'm going to preempt this and kill myself, Right. Oh, Does you, that think, they're break gonna, the you cycle? think they're
0: gonna go that route? If the whole point of of this is her staying alive.
1: What Yeah, but you'd think <laughs> that after so long, just like Bill Murray gets so sick of it, you just you lose that will. There has to be a discussion of your willpower. I
0: guess I guess we'll see what happens when it comes out on the thirteenth, I believe.
1: Yeah. Jake. So that's your top one?
0: That is my top one. What is yours?
1: Yeah, I was right there in the conversation. Jack and I have the same top one, it's because we are both like shameless fanboys for getting people getting fucked with in the woods, those sorts of movies. So mine is <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine's a ritual. It looks like it could be, and I always get let down when I say this, but it looks like it could be proper people getting fucked with in the woods. Um it could also be like super janky getting
0: fucked with in the woods. The, I, hope I not. I'm excited for this one. I probably had it in my dark horse list, but um Yep. I well, that's what they always was, are man. It was they just a little are. it's a little too cheesy based on the trailer. Where was the cheese
1: coming in for you?
0: Uh, It just seemed like some of the... It seems like they have a lot of the really good like shit-ducking-behind-trees, super easy effects to execute, but also a lot of the stuff in the trailer just looked, effects-wise, graphics-wise, looked subpar. And I think it is like a relatively low-budget movie, so it's excusable, but you never know with that type of stuff.
1: I don't know. I didn't think much looks all that subpar. They didn't show you a whole lot, which was nice. I mean, there's... Except there are some sequences of the trailer where it gets pretty the dark. And, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it, it looks fine. It looks fine. Uh,
0: beyond that, since you and Jack have the same top one, I'm going to mention the one that Jack wrote in as his number two, which is Creep 2. Uh, this is a big one, obviously, Mark Deplos. So you can go back and listen to our... Uh, we did a podcast on that one, right? That wasn't pre-podcast? That was podcast. Yeah, okay. So go back, listen to that. Uh, that might have been where Exquisite Quibbles came from in the first place. Um, in any case, we have a full review on that. If you haven't seen Creep, go out and watch it right now. Mm. Creep 2's coming out looks just as creepy. Just nice. as Peach Fuzzy.
1: Just as icky. Yeah, just as much of Mark Duplass being a freaking weirdo. I think this one's a little weird for me, right? And it is solely because of the premise. So it made a certain amount of sense in the first one. But with this one, I believe the conceit is that you follow you follow a woman who documents the weird shit that people do via like classified ads. Just
0: Craigslist, the random
1: weirdness, which seems like a terrible idea to begin with, but Mark enter Mark DuPlas, who has something in the classifieds about being a serial killer. Like, I don't understand where that comes into play because that has so much nope written all over it that I I cannot fathom how she would go, let alone go alone, to execute this with We'll him. see how they set it up. I didn't see anything in the trailer that confirmed that he actually
0: announced that he was a serial killer. He just yeah, that like could, that like could a, be
1: one of those where...
0: He's just a mirthless
1: 40-year-old who's yeah. lost his sense of self. But... I don't know, but the synopsis of the movie says a video artist looking for work drives to a remote house in the forest to meet a man claiming to be a serial killer, which is fucking asinine. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that that seems like a a her problem. It's a
0: it's a big problem to have, though, buddy. (laughs) It's really hard to identify with the uh, with the victim of a movie when she basically brings it on herself. That is a valid point. Uh, Absolutely. Before we move on. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna. There's so many heavy hitters this month. We got Better Watch Out. You got 1922, yeah, uh, which is a Stephen King thing that's coming straight to Netflix. You got Jigsaw, which is a sequel to the Saw franchise. They're rebooting that. Uh, you got Snowman. What are your thoughts on Snowman, Jake?
1: Uh, did not, not seem horish whatsoever until I saw the scene of a man's head actually replaced with a snowman face, and then I was like, all right, I'll let it stay. Yeah. It, it seems like it's probably a better movie than a lot of what we typically see probably not too horror but we'll we'll lay claim to it
0: yeah Uh, i'm excited some
1: snow on top of a body that has been decapitated and you put coals in the eye sockets and we're gonna sprinkle
0: you sprinkle some red food coloring on there just for good measure sure you know yeah it's a smart thing to do we also got we also have a few others that I would say are ones that I'm extremely excited for, but probably aren't in the top one conversations. We have a pair of uh, documentary series coming out. Or I guess one's just a documentary, one's a documentary series. Sure. You have Haunters, which is a documentary film, as far as I can tell,
1: about um, building haunted houses. Now and this House houses one October seems built. fascinating to me. Yeah. Like the um, one I most want to just throw on and have on in the background and tune in whenever I feel like it during the month of October. It just seems to get you in that spirit.
0: Right. If you stumble across a good documentary, it's more enthralling than basically any movie you can you can come across. I've been... The most transfixed I've ever been in a movie was at, a, was at documentaries. So if Haunters can pull that type of thing off, and they do delve right. into the world of... They do both. They do like the dude jumps out with a chainsaw and scares you type scary house Haunted house, yeah. They also do the new extreme scare houses where
1: you get, like, attacked. I I don't fully understand.
0: Uh, yeah, because I feel like I would want to fight back, and I don't feel like you're allowed to fight back. Yeah. And then if you're changing it, if you're changing experience in that way, then, I mean... So this is a real thing,
1: correct? Yes. And people just sign up, and it's like, you can do whatever you want to me, pretty much. So it's it's a masochist dream, basically.
0: Yeah, you get like saran wrap over your face level of attack.
1: Yeah, I don't know how your fight or flight doesn't just kick in at that point to fight because there is no flight. Right? I mean, like, yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been more lawsuits about these things. <laughs> yeah, I knew very little about them. I mean, I've heard about the extreme scare idea, but I didn't know that it was apparently a big enough thing to wear, hey, documentary being made, at least including it. Right,
0: exactly. So if you're a big documentary buff, that one's coming your way. You also have a, a, sh- a series of documentaries, as far as I can tell, on Amazon Prime called Lore, uh, which also looks pretty sweet. This is kind of like, it reminded me of History Channel.
1: Oh, God, yeah, the reenactment style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole it, thing felt like that, except it did have some interesting, I don't know, visual differentiation between what I'm, I'm guessing is like the six stories of the first season. So, yeah. And it's essentially just delving into local
0: lore. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect with a movie with a documentary series called Lore. It's delving it's lore. into like it's, urban legends. It's Aaron
1: Mankey. If you found our podcast, I am ninety-five percent sure you already know what lore is, just because that's the way the world works. So mm-hmm. it's that. There was the a definite uh, Robert
0: the Doll sighting in the trailer.
1: Yeah, the real one too.
0: Uh, last but not least, this one might actually not be coming out. Kind of hard to say. Uh, this is not documentary, but this is also just one I kind of wanted to talk about in the top one conversation. They're redoing Nosferatu? Nosferatu? They're remixing it? I don't even know what you call it. It's fascinating, though. They have this crazy, like, visual effects thing where they can basically cast an actor against a green screen and just put them on the original set. Um, so they've already done it with Dr. Caligari, where the sets are probably arguably more important. Um and it looked all right. Middling. I'm going to watch but, that one for sure. Um, but yeah, so they have, what's his name? Adam Jones on this one. The gangly dude who plays, uh, the Oh, he's in Hellboy. From, yeah. He's in Hellboys
1: Hellboy. and pans. He's in pretty much anything. Guillermo. Yeah,
0: exactly. And he, they have him playing Nosferatu. I'm just saying this is, it's still a Kickstarter stages. They hit their goal. Seems like it might be coming out this month. If Hard you're into like classic horror, uh, it doesn't seem like this one is going to be a massive letdown, as you might expect a remake of Nosferatu to be. Yeah, his name's Doug Jones, by the way. Doug Jones, damn it. Okay, well, God damn it, Mark. Sorry. Names are really hard.
1: Most things are hard, buddy. I think that takes us to our bottom one. No, Jake. I think that takes us. I'm going. I'm going down downward path.
0: Trajectory. No, we got to go out on a higher note, a light note. Really?
1: Yeah. What's your bottom one, Mark?
0: Oh god, my bottom one happens to star- <laughs> oh happens to star the dad from Keenan and Kel. Uh, I went with Midnight Man. Yeah, it doesn't uh, look good. While I was watching this trailer, my thought was there is only one twist that this movie could pull off that would even remotely redeem it as and far it as shows a, as far as a film. All of it. Yeah, and then the twist happened in the goddamn trailer. They just yep. did the they just blew their whole load. You know what happens in the movie. The movies, it, the movie happens in the trailer. Why would I... Well, I don't need to watch this. Not only does it look, like, terrible in the first mm-hmm. place, but, mm-hmm. yeah, just they just give away everything. It Whatever, I, I'm done talking about this. <laughs> this is why we don't go out on this note. This is a very sour note to go out on. Are you in agreement? What was your thoughts on I, the night, man?
1: I'm in, no, I'm in agreement. I think it looks brutal, and that they did give away probably the one thing that they can they have in their pocket that could be given away so it just removes any intrigue that otherwise would have been there which i mean let's be frank if you've watched the trailer you're probably not interested to see the movie but you're definitely not after you've seen the last two seconds of it i guess it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah it's just not gonna happen yeah avoid it yeah i went a little bit different direction than you okay. i went with the lost tree Good and role. this is primarily because I latched on hard to the unfathomable amount of just bullshit CG in this movie. The whole trailer was like a let's show you this is like a a highlight reel of bad implementation of CG. It's like almost s- anything you could think of.
0: It's like they saw the episode of Black Mirror with the robotic killer bees, and uh-huh. they were like we can probably do that with absolutely
1: no experience. And then they made this movie. That was, and that wasn't even the worst part. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to, I don't want to shit on this movie too much. I haven't well, seen it. I'm not going is, that to. That is, see as it now. a matter of fact, that is why we're here, Jake. <laughs> All right. The fucking <laughs> bloody handprint wall ripple effect thing. Why? Don't do it. It looks atrocious.
0: <laughs> yes. I, do you, I mean, do you have I anything mean, else to agreement. say? The only other
1: kind of like, slightly odd thing about this is that that juxtaposed of the fact that there were a couple actors that you've seen before in this movie creates some cognitive dissonance that is very difficult to get over yeah i'm
0: really confused how some of these movies are pulling in the acting talent that they are um maybe we're just douchebags mark well yes i mean that's no one's arguing with us on that but, I mean, how, did, how does Scott Grimes end up in this? He's doing, like, so he's running from the cast, like, he's running off the set of The Orville over to this set, and, like, why? I I, maybe know. he's, like, a huge horror buff or something, that'd be great, I'd love to see uh, Scott Grimes in a bunch more
1: stuff, but... Dude, maybe it's, like, one of his buddies' friends is directing a movie, and he's like, alright, whatever, I lost a bet to you in college, and I have to act in some shitty movie.
0: Yeah, and if that's the case, cool, more power to him, but uh, I, yeah. ju-
1: I want to know what the
0: backstory is that he just like stumbles sure. in and you're like, oh, you're shooting a movie today? I'll be in it.
1: <laughs> I've been really bored lately. <laughs> I had a free Tuesday, When at? Yeah, absolutely. And then as far as Jack was concerned, he gave it to Cult of Chucky. I wasn't far off from going in that direction. I mean, really? this movie, to me, just doesn't look, the series is is, it's played out. The series is played out, let's be real. Didn't need the reboot, at least in my opinion. There are going to be Chucky fans out there, maybe a few that listen to this podcast that really disagree with us on this, but I don't know why it needed another one. It had gone so far downhill. Unless you're going to bring something significantly new to the table, it's a rehash of something you don't want more of, and that's what this was.
0: Well, and that's exactly kind of it. Like it's if you don't want more Chucky, and I don't know who was clamoring. Who for Who wants more Chucky? More Chucky?
1: Someone probably wants
0: more Chucky. I mean, I guess what I would say is it's not like I wasn't clamoring for more Chucky. I'm not pissed that this exists, though. Like, whatever. Let it be. It looks competently made. It looks well shot. The effects look decent. It's just that it's a Chucky movie. That seems like the thing that you're... The nit you're picking.
1: I think that on top of that, it... Chucky movies have always been to a certain degree, but they certainly got... Worse as it went along, and this happens with some of these kind of schlocky slashers anyway, but they became more and more poorly acted low class just schlockfests, and this is continuing that thread by the looks of it. I mean the acting and the the writing in this were rough, really, really rough. classics never go out of style, Jake. <sighs> <laughs>
0: I have, a, uh, I have a second bottom one that I'm going to bring up, which is just, uh, it's actually the lack of movie coming out. We almost never get Friday the 13th that happened in October. Where the hell is a Friday the 13th movie? Right. We are owed, as a people, a Friday the 13th movie. And the fact that one's not
1: coming out is an insult. Well, you don't have to be totally insulted. It's, it's not a Friday the 13th movie proper but there is a fan film that actually looks really well made that's going to come out on friday the 13th because why would you do it another day in the month never hike alone maybe you've seen this one Mm-mm. as far as the trailer is concerned this is like a kickstarter joint fans went out and it's they made a found footage dude is hiking stumbles on upon camp crystal lake and guess what happens sort of thing so that's going to debut online vod friday i'll October thirteenth, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, I can't well, be mad at it. At the very yeah. least, it's it's something. And my fears, my
0: fears have been allayed. Question though, if there I'm is only one... I'm surprised it's not your top
1: one. If it's fucking found footage,
0: Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> it's true, uh, that is so my wheelhouse. Uh, if there's only one guy, I'm really curious how they're going to do a slasher with one guy. Well, it's
1: probably not a slasher.
0: Well, but it's a. I mean, okay, fine. So they're combining... it can be it
1: can be a found footage movie that has deep slasher roots. And then
0: it's just him like getting stalked by by Jason.
1: Do you think that this is like... It'd be kind of cool. It'd be a person getting fucked with in the woods movie.
0: Yeah, well, okay. I am partially okay with that. And now I only have one bottom one. That's that, takes, that takes us to Dark Horse, Jake. Yeah, it, what's yours? I'm, your... I'm going to no. keep it on you. Ah, you son of a... Yeah, no, um, I'm keeping it on you. I had a few written down. Um, I think the most honest-to-God Dark Horse is going to be uh, Behind the Sightings, which is based around that weird phenomenon that happened last summer where people kept dressing up as clowns. These people go into the North Carolina wilderness looking for clowns, and they find them. Um, Yes. That's kind of all there is to it. It looks like it could be super creepy. It also looks like it could be extremely shitty and just kind of riding the current wave of coolrophobia that's... You know, basically just sparked by it in the first place. Um, but as far as Dark Horse, like true, what a Dark Horse should be pick goes, I feel like that's the one that fits the
1: most in. I feel like the the likelihood of this having upside is too low for me to slot it there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably where it's going to end up, but it it's a Dark Horse, man. You never know. I, it, I it latched helps. on in
1: this trailer. There was a quote by, I guess, the only dude. The filmmaker dude, not the filmmaker that He said there have been over hundreds of sightings in this county alone. Over hundreds? <laughs> so you mean thousands? Well, and then I'm pretty sure the next sentence was there has been no evidence of sightings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there, uh, there have been
1: thousands of not of sightings, but no evidence. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um... yeah. That's a that's a tough one to reconcile. That might be what the whole movie is, but um, I, I figured I'd throw it out there. That's a true, honest to god dark horse. But okay. there are. I'll
1: well, I'll let you go. But I do have a few more that I wanted to bring up for the conversation. Yeah, I, the one that I'm gonna go with, I think actually. I mean, it looks like a good. It looks like a good movie, but the reason that I'm going with it as as a dark horse is, and I'm vamping a bit because I'm trying to like scroll through the fucking 700 movies that are coming out to even find it. Tragedy Girls. So everything about this movie, when I first kicked on the trailer, made me want to hate it. And it got me. The bastard got me. And I'm going to watch it. There's something about it that just intrigued the hell out of me. Uh, I still think the premise is kind of stupid. And that's okay. It seems to be self-aware enough to deal with it. But the, the humor in this could be a standout and if they hit the right notes at the right times i think that it will be and that's why i'm going to go with that one for this pick
0: this is the one where the two girls kill people in order to get views on their blog or something
1: yeah i mean they basically they're as i took it in the trailer is like they're very vain current generation high school girls that (sighs) you know want to have followers on twitter or instagram or whatever handles that they have because that's what makes you truly popular um It's like having how many fucking people signed your yearbook back in our day, right? But like now it's how many people liked the tweet that you shot out during fucking P.E. I had so many people sign my yearbook. You're so popular, Mark. So popular. Should we take a minute? I can go get it. You want me to read some? A little silence for your high school popularity.
0: Uh, Keep on keeping on. Let's Def out this summer. That was a big one. sailing. Yeah. Never change. Um, Mark, you're so attractive. That was a big one, too. Yeah, I got that from a bunch of (laughs) A bunch of different people. (laughs) What was Jack's?
1: (laughs) Wow, no, I'm not letting you move on from this yet. Okay. Um but that stupidity brought and then you bring in intense graphic killings, like the lengths you will go to to gain and maintain that popularity. It could be really fun. It could be really fun. This would be a fun movie.
0: And speaking of, of random cameos of actors, you got a pretty actually solid cast on this one. You got, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but you got Peter Mellark from The uh, Hunger oh, Games. You got the dude. Super who played...
1: solid cast, don't know any of their names.
0: <laughs> you got the dude who played the Tremor bro from uh, Smoke and Aces. You got Craig Robinson, I'm pretty sure is in this. It was for like a fraction of a frame, but pretty sure it's that guy. So you got some talent here too. I, I also have very high expectations for this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it could be pretty cool. Um, Jack went with Happy Death Day for his Dark Horse. So I guess we could have mentioned that one earlier. Unsurprising. Um, his his main reason was just that Groundhog Day is like his favorite movie of all time. So I, I guess I had that makes him, sense.
0: I had it pegged that that would be his top one primarily because of Groundhog Day. Oh, for sure. I mean, it just seems like the Jack movie of the month. But I guess
1: if he's going to take the bait on people getting fucked with in the woods, we get where his
0: priorities lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, my question to him would be what makes this a dark horse if he's just legitimately excited about it? To me, that's more of a number two than a dark horse, but I don't think he's ever really fully understood this exercise. I don't think he understands most of what we do, Mark.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's trying to find a missile silo with a metal detector
1: right now, so I mean He's just trying to live out Turbo, mode. kid. Speaking of which, should we, should we talk about this fucking movie? Should we get to the feature presentation?
0: Yes, we should. <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. I'm reading the book.
0: Hey guys, uh, Jack here from Sword of the Future, while I edit this podcast. Uh, It turns out Mark and Jake are idiots, Uh, you guys already knew that, but they definitely forgot to mention that their discussion of Turbo Kid will be spoilerific. So, uh, this is the place to jump off if you don't want the movie spoiled. Thanks guys, bye. (laughs)
1: Over at com this week, we reviewed 2015's Turbo Kid. Now, that was my entry into the horror-ish category of the proceedings this time, Mark, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but start of the review, which means timer's going to be on me. I got to give us a 30-second fucking plot synopsis. Starts
0: when you start, Jake. I don't know what you're waiting for.
1: I was waiting for you to give me the cue, Mark. Starts when you start. Speaking of which, I haven't started yet.
0: Okay. You're 10 seconds in.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the post-apocalyptic future of 1997. Enter the kid. He's a solitary scavenger, and he loves him some comic books. Uh, Basically, he has to face his fears, and he teams up with a mysterious girl. Her name is Apple, and they have to engage with a guy named Zeus to basically save the wasteland from being fully taken over by him and his band of cronies because they capture people and turn them into water so people can drink and not die. Time. This isn't a plot-heavy movie. No, not really. I'll continue. I mean, the only other thing I have to say is they succeed. Yay.
0: I mean, pretty big plot element here. Yeah,
1: the one thing that I did forget, I mentioned it with the comic books thing, his, his main dude, as far as comic books are concerned, is, and my beer choice alludes to it, the Turbo Rider. Turns out he finds the Turbo Rider, crashed in his whatever the fuck that was, airplane, spaceship, enclosed moped. What was it?
0: <laughs> it was an enclosed moped. You are It was correct. something like
1: that. Uh, finds him, takes his weapon of choice, which is basically a power glove that has the ability to explode you into a million pieces of goo, and wrecks shit for the rest of the movie. Well,
0: kind of, only when it's charged.
1: It's mostly charged. Generally. Yeah, it's a it's, good piece of technology, just like the turbo glove. Power glove. Yes. Fuck. It's been longer since I've had a power glove in my life than
0: turbo Oh shit. Glove. Did you have a power glove?
1: No. Oh. I did play with one once. It was not like playing with power. Oh. Well, that's
0: disappointing. I I think that might be one of my new life goals is to get a just power to Glove. Is to own a power glove? Yeah, just own a power glove. Use it for I want to own
1: a turbo glove. Both. Why not? Well, power got gloves got two is a shit. A turbo glove will evaporate you into blood. What happens if you turbo
0: glove into the power glove? What <laughs> I'm just saying. What okay, so you define like, how this
1: works, <laughs> explain some if things. The, to
0: energy, me. the energy moves in circles, okay? So, like, you turbo glove into the power glove, then what
1: happens? The energy moves in circles, yeah, it so, goes up and down like a carousel. You put the money in, the music plays, and you go up and down and around. <laughs> block the bad energy, Mark. Harness, good energy, block bad. Weeble up, wobble down. Oh, my God. What uh, what subcategories? Should we get to that? I don't know. You're struggling right now, and it's really throwing me off my game. Subcategories. What in the fuck subgenres, Mark, of mm-hmm. hordes does this thing fit into? You can go first. I'll give you the layup. Sci-fi. Yeah, it is. Yes. And that's, that's almost all it is, aside from one other one that I'll throw into the ring here, which is splatter and that's pretty much the only other way that to me this fits into horror as a larger genre would you disagree with that
0: no um and that's the funny thing is those are always two that are kind of just like the sub sub genres right like you need you almost need like an actual genre uh, an actual sub genre that then those get appended to as like style points type thing so i mean it's not really a slasher that would be the closest i think
1: Maybe. I mean, this is like a sci-fi Maybe. action movie that has heavy yeah. splatter elements. Is what it is. Yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. We don't keep this as a category, but it would if there if that existed. This would be that.
0: Exactly. That's probably Are like a it? sci-fi, comma post-apocalyptic. Yeah, for sure. Sub. I feel like you can be
1: that. They're not mutually exclusive, though. Or yeah, they're not. What? They. Okay, Venn diagram time. We haven't done this in like at least two weeks. Okay. You can have it's necessary, but it's not it, it's not necessary, but it's sufficient there. Don't get me to explain <laughs> things to you. <laughs> I totally disagree. It's neither necessary
0: nor, nef- nor sufficient.
1: Dude, you can have post-apocalyptic that's not sci-fi. Exactly. And you can have sci-fi that's not post-apocalyptic. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but you can have both. Okay, so, so... Venn diagram does exist. <laughs> Perfect. So it's sufficient but not necessary
0: uh it's neither of those things oh my god why (laughs) we'll have jack chime in on this it'll be great
1: no he won't he knows exactly
0: what he's talking about it really begs the question of what necessary and sufficient mean that was that was a joke specifically for jack he'll get it he'll be laughing while he's
1: editing that's tremendous that's just tremendous stuff mark (laughs) so meta So let's talk about why I chose this as my horror-ish entry into things for this round of horror movies that we drafted for review. I think the main reason, and it's a fascinating thing to me, is that this movie came out. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I basically – I started hearing reviews pop up at about the same time that I saw it on Netflix, and I – it seemed interesting, but I wasn't fully willing to – take the plunge until I saw that people from the horror genre were discussing it. And I looked a bit more into it and I was like, okay, I mean, I guess sci-fi elements. Sure. It seems like a nostalgia bomb just by the, you know, title card alone, basically. So I took the dive and I get what I get. Why I get why that the horror community seems to have embraced this. And I think it's because it, it basically is just a love letter to all of these different movies that while they're not necessarily horror, they have they have the elements of horror. And the biggest are that post-apocalyptic setting, which is a scary setting. And you add the gore of a movie like this, and you kind of end up with this fun, but ultimately really crazy movie that would yeah. be very I mean, difficult it's... to to exist in any other genre sort of i mean it's mad max with a kid in the lead role
0: it's mad max plus the disney channel original movie brink that's what this movie is
1: now do you say brink because roller skates are like bikes roller blades are like bikes i'm sorry aggressive inline is like bikes
0: yes i do say that also i don't think there was a disney channel original movie about riding bikes that i can remember
1: so that's why you made the brink yeah, Connection. Okay.
0: so maybe it's maybe it's like uh maybe it's like Mad Max plus rocket power.
1: You know? They rode bikes in that. I feel like you're just trying to shoehorn in the bike part, Mark. Uh I mean there's there's a lot of bikes.
0: That's bikes how people get around. Family. Yeah. I feel like those kids probably grew up to like fire crossbows and shit too. That just seems like a logical outcome for them. So you got that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you know about this movie going in? I mean, how how do you how did did you perceive this as far as its relationship with the genre? And then after seeing it, what was your initial take on how it fits now? So I knew I mean you had you covered
0: this on uh, our what's rock what's been rocking our horror world segment a few god, quite a while ago at this a point. A long time ago. A long time ago. Um, and since I edit those montages together every month, I, I know basically what its uh what its shtick was, what its kind of style looked like. Outside of that, I didn't really know anything about the plot, the progression of the movie, the background of it, anything like that, so I I basically knew like late eighties. I'll I'll say this, I'm really glad this movie came out before Stranger Things, because if it came out after Stranger Things, people would have been calling its bullshit on being extremely derivative. Yeah. Um, luckily this one came out and also luckily for Stranger Things, it wasn't popular enough for people to point to, to do the reverse argument of that and just say they were ripping off Turbo Kid. But the two are obviously not exactly the same because one's actually just set in the 1980s and one of them set in a post-apocalyptic version of 1997, but, uh, they, they do, they do feel
1: similar. Well, they do. And I think that that's because what you're starting to see, I mean, these are two examples, but we could start rattling off many more that have come out really in the last year, year and a half. Turbo Kid's near the start as far as I I know. Uh, there are probably more, but you're getting to a point where creators are the age that really we are. We're on the probably younger end of it, but still in that wheelhouse for... They are creating things that they are nostalgic, nostalgic for, for from their childhood. Yeah. And that's that late 80s, early 90s vibe, which this to get into like hint at what this movie does right is that. It's pretty much that. Yeah, it's should making we just, you feel should we just transition. That. I think I think we should. Like watching this movie to me is like it makes my face hurt from smiling so much because it is so it is so much of a nostalgia bomb. And it's not anything that it does in particular because I never really, looking back, like, yeah, I've seen Mad Max and I've seen other movies that existed at the time, but I was not, like, I didn't consider myself to be someone who took in a ton of different media from the time. But, I mean, the pop culture is eichgeist. I guess you kind of just internalize it over time. And something about the way all of this coalesced into a late 80s, early 90s soup was very, very awesome. Well, and it's—I
0: mean, it is also kind of cheap at a certain point because the, basically the first—it's not the first scene of the movie, but it's one—it's in the first ten minutes. He just goes into his little bunker area and he just plays with all the '90s things that you miss. Sure, he has a goddamn Walkman, you know.
1: I a still bunch of action Walkman.
0: figures, some some shit that glows. Well, he has a bunch of shit. Not? He
1: has pink flamingos. He has a nudie pen. He's got a weird fascination with the pink flamingos.
0: I didn't really get if they were trying to do something with that, but.
1: They never did. No, yeah,
0: no, just a pile of fl- pink flamingos. Yeah, and he ends up selling that nudie pen. He keeps himself chaste. Okay, he's a good he Christian. Does, well, boy. he's
1: supposed to be like the awkward age where it's still he scary. Might be <laughs> getting interested, but it's still scary. If you think hardcore, it's like I don't know. Not well, yet. and I mean,
0: I guess that's partly played out with you know. There's a reason that they put Apple next to him, right? This sure. teenage girl, sure, who's super fucking weird, but. I think, it's, I think it's interesting that they didn't play up. Are you with, saying they're
1: trying to make sure there could be no penetration? No. Is that what you're saying?
0: I, I'm saying, I'm, uh. Elaborate, Mark. I, um, pretty sure it didn't come into the conversation. I don't think they were the type of people who sat down and were like, okay, we're going to have two co-stars, and the first thing they asked was like, all right, but is there going to be penetration? Pretty not- sure <laughs> that's not how that conversation went.
1: Okay, okay, so listener, Mark is doing a terrible job of yes-anding me right now. How do you you want me to yes and you with that? She is a robot. Correct. Correct. Makes it hard. (laughs) I mean, sexual tension is is quelled by the fact that she is not quite human. I mean, they still like each other, but it's that weird, awkward...
0: Like, he's a boy, she's a cute robot. Yeah, exactly. Sparks are flying, maybe literally. Uh, But you also don't get the actual reveal that she's a robot until... Halfway through,
1: which is another thing that it does, in my opinion, a really good job of. Uh, and I was interested to see you being the first-time viewer at this point. If you saw that coming at all by the time that they made that reveal, uh, not particularly. But you know, yeah. I mean, you know, she's atypical.
0: You know, she's kind of a weird character. So, but that's
1: a good way to handle the reveal. Is you, you, to me, I was just like, this is she is weird. I mean, everyone's sort of weird. It's a very strange environment that they paint, uh, where honestly the kid is probably the most normal of all of them. Um, and he's not very normal, but I guess what I would but say is she is I, very I didn't, weird.
0: I didn't like put money down that she was a robot, but when it was yeah. revealed, she was a robot. I wasn't even remotely surprised. No, was neither like, oh, was I, but I think movies. that's
1: another example of like how they did a good job of it because everything they did leading up to it was very subtle. And watching it a second time, I was I was like, okay, yeah, that's a tip of the hat, but it was so subtle that it made sense, but it wasn't like, oh, how could I not have seen it? My God, you know?
0: Sure, I, it's I mean, just
1: subtle lines of dialogue, isn't it? I mean, he's like, do you ever sleep? And she's like, no.
0: Yeah, I mean, things that like was that. A,
1: yeah, that I I will admit that when she said that, I was like, okay, so she's a robot, but I didn't no, actually you honestly weren't. think. Don't give me that shit.
0: I mean, look, you have you have. You've seen enough movies that you can think of like possibilities of where they're going to go with things. That doesn't mean you necessarily think think that they're going to go that way. She might just be high on cocaine all the time.
1: It was the 90s. It was a different time. Highly irradiated. You don't have to sleep anymore.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's a thing that happens. I don't think that's how that works. But I haven't been highly irradiated, so I don't know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: So you basically are talking about the, the overall style of the movie. Um, the other, the other aspect of that that we should talk about is, you mentioned it with your subgenre. this is a splatter movie, people in the apocalypse apparently have very high blood pressure, because anytime anyone is cut open, there is a fountain of blood. It's awesome. And there's a lot of people getting cut open in this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, all sorts of things getting cut off and open, and jammed upon. Jammed upon. Elaborate. Oh yeah. Uh, like people's halves of bodies being
0: wedged <laughs> on top of other people's bodies. Yeah, there is like a living totem pole in this movie. <laughs> it's uh, wonderful during a fight scene. That's one of the best things, actually. I, I, I love
1: that. that okay, kinda... so you, you have a list. Thinking. I'm assuming is what you're going to say of your favorite kills in this movie.
0: Uh, I actually was not going that direction, but great. That's definitely. I mean, the kill in that one. It's not really even a kill. It's a. Uh, he just it's a kill.
1: It's him with a turbo glove. Are you suggesting that the turbo glove does not kill?
0: Uh, I'm. I, any turbo glove kill is gonna be like bottom of the list because it's just you get hit with the laser weapon and you explode. That's not.
1: That's not interesting. That's not really that creative. So it, it it's is a kill, feel, but it wouldn't be on the list that you said you don't have.
0: Yes, exactly. You're being very
1: difficult. <laughs> <You're> being <laughs> I would say
0: the The best kill is probably the umbrella. If I had to pick one. They impale a dude with an umbrella, and then they open the umbrella in order to explode that person, and then it rains blood for, like, three minutes.
1: It's very stylish. That's a stylish kill. Incredibly stylish. Yeah, for sure.
0: What was yours, Mr. Uh, Mistmaker? That's,
1: that's definitely up there. I also liked, I can't remember the guy's name, but, like, the the salesman, the rat-type character. Who they oh, Discount his, Hank Azaria? Yeah, they, they hook his guts to a bike and pedal it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, they get like they get all out. like
1: upset that he just folds and gives
0: them the information before they're allowed to torture him. And just yeah, like, yeah, he's like, "Well, this took Fuck a it. really long time to set up." So, we're <laughs> uh, I'm also always basically going to be a sucker with some dude getting his head exploded by a cinder block on a hammer. Yeah, thing. yeah sure. Thing. I mean, that's there was a classic.
1: long list of kills in this movie that were, in any other situation, probably would have been like, "That is fucking awesome," but it was commonplace. And they use it, I mean, I would actually guess, I would say that a lot of the kills in this movie, the
0: kills themselves, aren't that crazy. I mean, there's there's some, but a lot of them are just people getting, you know, cut in half or exploded with lasers or whatever. The, what they do kind of in the background of the fights, though, is really what makes this movie entertaining, because it's true, like, splatstick humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When people get cut in half, their torsos fly through the air and land on someone else, and then that person has... yeah. <laughs> extra arms to fight with type shit or flail around with, I guess, more accurately. Absolutely. At one point, there is a scene where a man's lower body is essentially playing chicken with the same man's upper body atop two other individuals. Yes. And that's the type of humor that's really going to advance society onward.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely, man. And there's just such a preponderance of it, too, in this movie. Like, if you're not getting hit with some type of nostalgic, like, trinket that they find, you're probably watching someone be annihilated with a hammer or with a lawn gnome that's been strapped with duct tape to a fucking aluminum baseball bat. It was a wooden baseball
0: bat, but sure. Okay. Because it was very specifically splintered. Question. What would be your uh your doomsday duct tape weapon?
1: I think one half of it. So I'm I'm duct taping two very separate objects together to create an implement of death. Yes, one half would absolutely be a garden hoe. I think. I think what what you have there is is sharp enough, but you could also potentially use it as a shield because there's some surface area, which is nice.
0: Like, sure. Like we're talking
1: big garden hoe, but hoe nonetheless. Okay,
0: I don't I think, think they make I...
1: big garden hoes, but sure they do. I'm well, you,
0: you... seriously, <laughs> I'm I'm a garden hoe expert. I got my PhD in garden hoeology. Uh The biggest garden hoe they make is only a few inches wide, Jake. I don't think you're gonna be able to use that as a shield.
1: I've seen like a two foot wide garden hoe.
0: Uh, that's not a hoe; that's a plow.
1: <laughs> okay, so a plow.
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm busting your balls. I have no idea. Okay, you're going to use a garden plow, hoe, garden hoe plow. You're going to plow the hoe.
1: Yep, and let's just get, leave it at that. What let's are you going to duct it tape at that. it to? Um, I think that I would probably duct tape it to something like, and I had trouble with this part because the other half is the really important half. I think what I would try to do is get some weight on the other end to help me build momentum when I'm really swinging it, you know?
0: On the other end? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So what are you going to do? You want the
1: counterweight so you can build momentum. Okay. And I really struggled with it, and I'm still struggling with it. So let's workshop a few, okay?
0: Okay. Is it uh, you got now, you got a, a a tetherball pole? That's what I would envision. That's too long. Uh, no, you got to be one of those like doomsday dudes who's like weirdly you you've been irradiated. You don't sleep anymore, so you just work out all the time. So you're okay. Like, so giant. I'm trying
1: to think of things that I could actually
0: use. I like the tetherball pole that's filled with cement. I feel like that would be something you could use.
1: Mark. Okay, for real. You go and pick up a tetherball pole, and we'll talk. I mean, future doomsday uh, me would i I can't get behind that, buddy. Where were you going with it then? Something that I would actually like be able to strap to my person and pull out like exactly what they had. He had two hammers, uh like a purse full of bricks. <laughs> kind of lame, but it would work.
0: <laughs> right? Did you did you uh, so you're just looking for things that are heavy? What about a bowling ball? Put a bowling ball on the other side. That's uh, that was one of the things that I was thinking. I was gonna workshop it. And then and then you got to – okay, so you thread one of the holes and then you un you, so you can unscrew it from the hoe, right? Yep. And then and you can bowl yep. and use like bowling puns. Yep. Right. So you unlock that, that awesome. whole world. And yep. then so and you then yes, you can also you go. can also t- use the fact that it's a hoe because hoe's a funny word, right? So you can call people hoes as you're like hoeing them. Mind is something here? Should we be writing this down?
1: We should probably be writing this down. Let's get some <laughs> beers first.
0: Oh, baggy, 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 baggy. All
1: right, so we've got mine. It involves a hoe. It involves a bowling ball. It's versatile. Now, you said something about a tetherball pole and cement. Is that your weapon?
0: I Now that I think of it, it might be, because I think that was better than anything I was thinking of. I was trying to come up with, like some mechanisms that would like still work without any electricity. Like what if you took like the blender blades off of a blender, right? But you put it on a salad spinner. So you like, you like spin it up really fast and then you run at someone with that. That'd be pretty sure. cool, right? That'd be good. You'd uh, you'd have to duct tape it all together, but that's kind of the name of thing. It'd be okay. Right?
1: It'd be a lot like Skeletron. So you're, you're, you have points for it being something that would be cool, but you're losing points in originality with that one. How was that like Skeletron? They're still moving blades, rotating blades. So blades are just out of the picture? I w- he was such a big character in this movie that I was unwilling to go there.
0: So here's the thing, I'm a little upset because when I was I was trying to come up with a good doomsday like two things to duct tape together for this entire movie, and I had landed on on a beach umbrella as like the starting impediment. And then they they used it in like the last scene, and now it just sounds derivative, and I I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm going to duct tape two knives together. Use it as like a super knife. How about that? I'm going to duct tape a gun to my bodyguard. That seems like the best option.
1: I think the one thing that we didn't consider and we should have given it some thought is the possibility for some like hydro-based warfare. Now, we have irradiated water everywhere in this movie, right? You could get something gives you a bit of a ranged attack. I feel like that could be that could be money right there. You just have to find it. It's like a super soaker. Fill that shit with irradiated water. Bam.
0: Melt them. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of acid melting in this.
1: Moment. No, no, there was not. That's Maybe that was point. too hard from a practical standpoint because they, they did, did a fantastic score. job. But I feel like they were pretty good about op- operating within their means. How hard so. is that to
0: do from a practical standpoint? Melt. You,
1: you have them like yeah.
0: You have them like go like uh. And then you have some just fake smoke machine
1: smoke come out, and then you just show like a fake skeleton covered in goop. I guess you could just like make them get. You could just heat up the things you already made to a point where they get really hot. And shoot that. Uh,
0: yeah, don't do that with your super soaker full of acid irradiated water, though, because then you'll just melt it and you'll get acid irradiated water all over yourself. That's a stupid idea, Jake.
1: No, not the water. I'm talking about them shooting the movie. You want the people shooting the movie
0: to heat up all of their camera equipment? (laughs) Guys, I think I'm about to give Jake a stroke. (laughs) We might want to move on.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about what the movie did wrong. Okay. What did the movie do wrong, Mark? So,
0: they cover it with dialogue, but in a movie in which everyone is fighting about water and trying to get sources of water, there's water goddamn everywhere. It, it, <laughs> everything it's is wet. Radiated. The people are all very well hydrated. There is a scene where two characters pee, and they pee for like 45 seconds. <laughs> well, one of them does. The other one gets buzzed. Yeah, but still. immediately. There's a lot of water in this movie. But you're led to believe that it's all bad. It's all acid, or it's all rain. If it's acid, it's super easy to neutralize. If it's bad, you can just evaporate off. Like you just make a water trap.
1: That's what I... his uh, parents had d- had done.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't feel yeah. like this is rocket
1: science. No, it's not. It's barely even it's really
0: science. Really science.
1: Apparently, it doesn't rain enough. I mean, it is very like dry wastelandy. So you should be able to have enough water for you if you have just a solid rain trap or two but people would rather just grind human bodies I mean you know
0: they see me grinding
1: just, yeah, do you think they have like t-shirts
0: like hashtag just grinding
1: when them yeah In them this fucking world no I don't think they made t-shirts they only no. made things that looked outrageous <laughs> okay well do you have outrageous clothing items that just say words like grinding I do not choosing. own those
0: Get that water made. <laughs> I bet that. <laughs> I bet. So, I bet there's a whole culture around that.
1: Yeah, of yeah. Zeus followers. He has a slogan.
0: Yeah, some attitude. Some attitude shirts that people wear that pertain to the ability to generate water.
1: So I'm gonna agree with you. There was a lot of water throughout this movie. They, I was able to suspend the disbelief because they're like, "Look, the water's all bad. It's irradiated." But I, I still, when they bother to shoot a scene it's a flashback but a scene where there's clearly a way that you can get water enough for I mean that's enough for a few people if you're able to get that much there's I don't a know, whole there drum there's plenty yeah it's a 55 gallon drum full of water it's probably not as big of a deal as they're making it seem unless we've still got like climatic events that are really changing things and making it impossible for rain to happen now um it does rain during the movie though acid rain yeah yeah not
0: not great not great on the continuity (laughs) if it's acid rain you could just add some salt to it neutralize it science science it up evolve your Um, body evolve your your body to just be tolerant of acid
1: absolutely I, i mean i think that i'll agree with you there continuity is what I think the proper way to pot that is Uh, one that I'll add to the the discussion is we mentioned it earlier. It's not a super deep story by any means. I think that's we kind of blew by the potential that this could have to be a good thing for the movie, but it really doesn't try too hard. I think there are positive benefits of that, but it is definitely not one that you're going to write home about as far as like, oh, my God, like, the thread of this movie and the way these characters develop was phenomenal and it made me care for them because you don't.
0: So you're talking about, I mean, you can basically hear the writers saying fuck it most of the time. And it does work to the movie's benefit, but.
1: Yes, it does. So it's like net positive, but what the movie does wrong is making me care for the characters in terms of the story itself.
0: Yeah, there is a balance sheet, even if it is net positive.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, And like Monroe don't care. Apple clearly don't care. True. I mean,
0: it, it is sort of disheartening when one of the main characters gets beheaded, like, multiple times. I guess just one major time.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like humor, though. Whatever. That's yeah. It's humor.
0: <laughs> kind of. Uh, the humorous part is the fact that she has Zelda life bar on her arm, but who am I to judge?
1: Continuous fucking nostalgia, ban. You don't care about Zeus as far as his ability to be a villain all that much. I mean, Ironside, seeing him play that role is good because he is in like everything from that era. So that was a nice touch. But at the same time, like he doesn't play a villain that I care all that much about. And maybe that's maybe that's manufactured because of the rest of the characters in the movie and my inability to care for them either. Yeah, I mean they try and do it by having him murder the kid's parents, right? That's I guess, kind of the whole
0: shtick, but but
1: even that was like let's they, make it memorable and you have like the one-liners and just like the action. Yeah, it's stock like a showdown type. Yeah, for sure. So, He's
0: shot in the eye with a crossbow, probably by one of the kids from Rocket Power. For the record, just to point this out cuz it's a nice little tidbit, uh the lady who plays his mom and I think his dad too are both the writers of this
1: movie. They are, yeah. It's cameo. Yeah. Pretty nice. Which good luck pronouncing their names because they are French. This yeah. is where we need Jack.
0: Uh well we need Jack also for the lightning round. I, I felt like uh everything was good. Is that a good enough impersonation?
1: It was terrible. Oh dang. I thought what I else did the it. movie do wrong though?
0: There are a few scenes, uh notably one where he's in just a noxious gas cloud. <laughs> Basically he's just walking through a field of fart and it looks awful. Yeah, it does. It, it looks really does. so bad. They're going. I, I get what they're like. Look, it, this movie has a shtick. They're trying to fit everything within that shtick, and it does make sense from a style standpoint that this cloud, this this field of death cloud exists. But I'm only willing to give you so many allowances. <laughs> and this, yeah, this just looks too bad to be. Uh, this is this is the worst looking thing, I guess, is what I'd say.
1: Yeah. Any time that they do choose to use. CG, it doesn't look great. Any sequence where they've kind of shot that mill where um, Ironside is Zeus and his cronies are hanging out, you have like the swirling Mordorish clouds that look poor as well. Anytime they add something like that, it just does not do it for me.
0: Definitely, I will say. You're saying all the CG, there's a lot of CG associated with people just blowing up as a result of being hit by the Yeah, movie. I guess
1: that's okay. The blood that CG, when you notice it, it's still eh. but that's tempered enough with the practical that's happening as well where it's okay. Yeah, this movie has
0: practical in spades. Tons of Yeah,
1: people. Yeah, so it's it's hard to, at least in, uh, in terms of the violence, it's hard to fault it too much there but I, I definitely see what you mean.
0: That actually might be the other reason why I really didn't like that scene because it really starts to drag right there. You're sandwiched between like three or four awesome fight scenes, and then all of a sudden there's like this two or three minute long them just stumbling through a field of gas scene. Yeah.
1: The quest for the robot graveyard was kind of boring. It kind of hurt the pacing a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. If I would have cared about the characters more, maybe it would have (laughs) mattered.
0: I see. I disagree with you a little bit on that. I do care about the characters in the sense that, like, you kind of have a natural look. They're they're. I don't think the movie does a lot to develop them, but you have a natural uh, enough like understanding of these archetypes, right? The the loner boy who's like fashioning himself off of a hero that he read about, and the tag along sidekick, (laughs) and the relationship that they have together. Obviously, he's also lost his parents. That's like a classic. Hero's Tale thing. These are character. I mean, like you, like you might be saying the movie doesn't do a lot, and it really doesn't. But I don't feel that like is what I'm you saying. don't feel anything about these characters.
1: Uh, I don't feel anything about these characters. I, oh. I understand you what you...
0: Hold up. Are you a robot? There's Maybe. a lot of robotic reveals. Are you going to give us another one?
1: Not today. Okay. Just pay attention to what I say throughout the next four or five episodes. What's pop... These together.
0: What- What's pi divided by zero?
1: Does not compute. Oh, God, I,
0: I found him. I got him, guys. <laughs> totally nailed it. Totally nailed him. You can't see right now, but there are, like, sparks and shit flying out of Jake's head.
1: It smells like burning hair. What's happening?
0: <laughs> smells like burning circuits. You don't have any hair.
1: Oh, my God. Do you have anything else that this does wrong? <laughs>
0: have we discussed... Probably not. ...that Skeletron who is a strong and beautiful man who don't need no lack of mask, has a seemingly endless supply of buzz saws.
1: No, we haven't. And yes, he it is noticeable.
0: Ha- yeah, he has a lot of buzz saws and they come from nowhere. He has a mm-hmm. buzz saw generating apparatus apparently built into his arm.
1: That Could that be
0: manufactured from radiation?
1: Could you be irradiated in such a way?
0: Could you congeal radiation into a buzz saw?
1: Yes. Maybe.
0: Uh, you know, maybe in this I'm going universe. with maybe. That's clearly how they're doing it, so I don't I'm know what I'm maybe. arguing with. but
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: seems unlikely with, with current science standards. But you know what? Michael Ironsides But this does... is the
1: far-flung future of 1997, Mark.
0: That's, that's true. And Michael Ironsides does like science. He explicitly says so. Yes, he does. Item number one, infinite buzz saws. Item number two, then let's figure out how to make water.
1: That seems like the proper order to me.
0: In this world, definitely. I mean, it pays off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they can still get the water. I mean, that's a means to an end. And it's way more stylish.
0: It's true. Yeah. You just have to grind people
1: up. I don't think this movie does much else wrong. Like All of those things kind of fit into a general sense of silliness, which... As you're taking in the movie as a whole, feel I mean, disagree with me if you will, but as you're taking in the movie as a whole, you, I let a lot more pass in this than I probably would in some of the other movies that we watch, because this movie is basically like a toy box, right? Yeah. There's this shit happening in this movie that is interesting to look at and makes you feel like a kid again, and you don't care, and it doesn't matter because you're having fun.
0: Yeah, It it understands itself. And gives itself whatever allowances it needs to. It knows what it needs to explain. It knows what it doesn't need to explain. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, that works really well as long as you're willing to buy into its shtick, which you are for probably 90% of the movie.
1: Sure. It is, it's probably it, someone out there who was just not. I, I think that, that might be like a younger audience might just not understand this. Maybe you need to be our age or older and have gone through this part of Americana. <laughs> To fully understand what's going on,
0: no, I, I don't. I don't really think so. The Americana, the nostalgia bomb part of it, is really only there at the very beginning when he's in his trailer. There are a few Easter eggs scattered yeah. throughout, especially like the life bar and stuff. But after that, like you don't have to, you don't have to be a kid in the '90s to understand most of this stuff. If you don't get a joke, then you don't
1: even realize it's a joke. Like it's just well hidden within this. It's an Easter egg. But then you'd probably be like, "That's fuck like, it would be way more boring that way, man."
0: I don't think so. I mean, this movie at its heart is an action movie in which a kid with a laser glove is fighting a guy with a mask and a buzzsaw gun and a robot girlfriend. Yep. You don't need to be from the '90s or '80s or '70s or '2000s or whatever to
1: appreciate that. You might need to be. You might need to. Helps.
0: It just helps if you're familiar with the. Nostalgia, because you'll get that synergistic effect of all of the props they're using.
1: No, nope, I don't think you understand.
0: Am I? Am I a parent? Parents just don't understand. Parents don't understand at all. I, I—that's absolutely true. My, if I showed this to my parents, they would not understand this movie.
1: I can confirm that. <laughs> There's a long this. list of movies that showing them to your parents will not compute. So.
0: Oh, he's sparking again yeah should we do ratings? I don't know. We've lost we've lost him. Short circuiting has taken all of the energy out of his circuits.
1: Daisy Horror, we use a 1 through 10 rating system as we grade our movies. For one, think about Alex Lee Lawless thinks of the U.S. soccer team's youthful stars. To all the guys that I didn't mention, it because you don't even warrant to mention, that includes you too, Wonder Boy. So, what are you guys going to do? You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? You are a soccer generation that has been given everything. And for 10, think of Ron Burgundy's feelings towards Scotch. <laughs> I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Story is the first category we rate our movies on. Mark, what did you give it for story?
0: Yeah, about that. Um,
1: fuck. About that.
0: <laughs> I gave it a seven.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm kind of okay.
0: I'm kind of puzzling on this one. I, I actually feel like, I, I think I'm potting in a lot of its shtick into this. Because I actually do feel like that factors into story. In order to do the story, you have to kind of set the scene. And they do a very good job of that throughout this movie. Beyond that, it's pretty simplistic, but simplistic doesn't mean bad. It's, a, it's the hero's journey. It's the kid who's searching out, I guess, Zeus. He doesn't really. He's not really called to action or anything like that. But it's him and his robot sidekick fighting evil looking for sources of water not a lot to the story here but mm-hmm. it's well done and the style of the movie gets potted in with that because I I would consider that part of the story so seven
1: yeah I agree with you pretty much wholeheartedly okay. um, that's I gave it a six idea. I gave it a six and a half I, I agree I, I agree on the front of this is a simple movie and what I'll add to what you said, because I do agree with all the other parts as well, is that, and we mentioned it before, this is a love letter to other movies and to a generation and I think that that falls into the shtick that you're talking about and that's a good thing for, I think, a large number of people that watch this movie. Maybe it's a target market specific type deal, but... It always is with story. You're going to be interested in what you're interested in. You're not with other stuff. I just happen to be more interested in this than with a lot of other things, especially things that are as simplistic as this is on the surface. Deep. Yeah. World building and immersion is the follow-up category for this. Mark, how about this one? What are you giving it? I give this one a nine.
0: This is uh, primarily where this movie excels. There's this movie. I mean, a lot of this is world building um it they're they're very tied together in this one more so than they are in most of the movies we watch, but yeah, this movie just does a phenomenal job. I think we've got sort of belabored it at this point this, this movie does a phenomenal job of setting itself in the post apocalyptic nineteen nineties nostalgia mm-hmm. bombs muck, you got laser gloves. it has the right mix of things that actually exist with things that don't actually exist. The reason it's not a perfect ten is because it does stretch itself. A little too thin, causing some issues with
1: pacing. Yeah. Uh, once again, pretty much full agreement. I'm going to give this eight of those Zelda hearts. Nice. On a power glove. Out of what, nine.
0: What was your uh, what was your rating unit when you rated this thing back on Cutting Room?
1: I can't remember, actually. That's a really good question.
0: Was it rolls of duct tape? I feel like it should have been rolls of duct tape.
1: No, I don't think that's what it was. It was probably like Garden Gnomes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I honestly it might have been pink flamingos, to be honest with you.
0: All of those are good choices, yeah. it was something Rolls good. There is
1: no the shortage of good things to pick from. in any case, it was eight for me. It was the same reasons. no need to belabor it. Now we get to a, probably a slightly different story. scare factor. Ah, uh, this is a one and a half. there's gore one and, and one half.
0: There's gore and theres spooky masks. This isn't a scary movie.
1: You correct? You're absolutely correct. I, I gave it higher than you, not by a whole lot. I gave it a two and a half. And it's doing it's doing a lot of mental gymnastics to kind of jam in the gore element as an implementation of scare in horror. And I kind of tried to do that earlier when we were talking subgenres, sub-subgenres of horror that this thing falls the fuck into. Um, look. This isn't a horror movie. This is a horror movie, so you're not going to be able to give it a high score, but I do think that it does enough from the just over-the-top violence standpoint that you've got to give it at least a tip of the hat because some people would watch that violence and be absolutely horrified, right, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I could see this. this being a rough one to show to a
0: small child who you've already shown horror to, right? If you're really trying to, like,
1: kind of go up the ramp. This is not a gateway movie of any sort.
0: Not in the sense that there's a shitload of gore in it, but as far as just a the movie in scariness of it. I could see like Skeletron, I guess, being a little bit creepy. There's some there's some weird-looking characters in this one, but I don't know. Maybe
1: you think that every pe- that everyone's a robot. That could be kind of scary. Nuclear devastation is also scary. How about that? Uh, I, I hate,
0: no. I'm never going to give you that argument. The ramifications of it are important if they go with that, but they really don't go with that. Aside from the fact that people are kind of thirsty sometimes,
1: they're thirsty enough to mix people up into people goo that becomes water.
0: Yes, that is technically correct.
1: That's a thirst, man. You ever thirsted for man?
0: Yeah. Do you think when do you think do they get like addicted to that water, and they don't know why? Probably. It's got like once you get special... the taste of it,
1: you can't get rid of it.
0: Yeah. Effects is our next category.
1: Yeah, do it. I gave it an eight. Thanks for picking up the baton. I appreciate it. You gave it an eight. Uh yeah, they look good. Uh they look cheesy a lot of times, but they
0: look good. There's some CG in there that's a little bit regrettable. Aside from that, we've talked yeah. about this we've talked about those a lot, but the other things that uh, need to be said, there's a lot of really good visual effects, um, sets, props, that type of stuff, and the sounds are also really top notch. So, I mean, really, I'm just kind of being a stickler about the fact that it's easier to go cartoonish with effects. And as a result, I, I think you sort of disqualify yourself for a perfect score if you go all the way bonkers. Because it really doesn't look realistic. They weren't going for it, but also yeah. that's what the top of the scale should mean.
1: I guess. I, I mean, I agree with you mostly. I don't think you have to look realistic to get the really top-notch scores in this category. I, I went with an 8.5, and, and I think that I'm probably getting it slightly more credit for the soundtrack than you. You, you mentioned sound effects, but uh, look, let's it's go all, with the score as well. The,
0: it's all part of the plating of the movie, you know? You, your mashed it potatoes is. are the sound effects, but your steak is the visual effects. Both important parts of the meal.
1: Which one, Which one's wheat and which one's chaff, Mark? Uh, It's all wheat. Everything's wheat. Why would, Why it would it you want to be wheat? Oh.
0: Why would you want to be chaff?
1: It's an eight and a half. Everything you said is correct. The only place that this suffers, in my opinion, from an effect standpoint, is in those instances that we mentioned of regrettable CG. You take that out and you're talking potentially double digit category here. So it's good shit. Cool. Which leaves us with overall. Mark, what are you giving turbo kid for an overall grade
0: hot take hot take here if this were a movie reviewing website i would be giving it an eight or so
1: this is good thing it's not
0: this is not a movie reviewing website it is a horror movie reviewing website so i've always treated this category as how i would look at reviewing or recommending this movie to someone based on their need to watch a horror movie Okay. Uh, I give it a five. This is a very entertaining and watchable and lovable movie, but the simple fact that it's horror adjacent at best brings it down a hefty amount.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I I rounded down a little bit. You rounded down a lot. I think I'm not going to sit here and do the math. We're not here for that. I ended up going with a six and a half, and it hurt me a bit to do that, but I think that it's the right score. I'm looking at some of the other scores that I've, I've some of the other movies that I think are kind of like this, that I've given similar scores to. So I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm vamping. As I look at these, I gave six and a half to they live and right off the bat, that's, that's somewhat similar in tone from just that kind of over-the-top ridiculous perspective, not necessarily a horror movie with elements in there. How does it Um, stack up to the other horror-ish movies? It's a really good question. It's something I want to do, so Scarecrow this real quick, and we're going to find out. Okay, yeah, we've been able to take a look at it. So we had this, we had Colossal, and we had Congo. And I think the Colossal trails behind because none of us really liked Colossal from a movie standpoint, and the fact that it's not our favorite movie and it's not really a horror movie... Really hurts it in that category, so th- throw that one out. Congo, and this. Now nah, you're starting to talk my language. I actually gave both of these the same score. I gave them both that six and a half mark. So again, I'm I'm pretty pleased with that rating. Looking back on it now, so objectively perfect. Mark, what did you get it? I so I kind of I put them in the same
0: order. I had a four, four and a half, and a five for Colossal Congo and this one, respectively. Jeez, that's too
1: high, Colossal.
0: Uh. <laughs> It was a it was a decent whatever we're not eh. we already reviewed it go back and listen we, to that should podcast? we go review Colossal again <laughs> yeah Colossal part two let's talk more about lightning uh I think in retrospect Congo is probably more of a horror movie than this one is but this one just has the better style elements I don't know I guess this one probably has the benefit of having of being almost twenty years older than that one but. Or newer, I should say, twenty years yeah. newer than I was that like, one. Eh, I don't know about that, buddy. Yeah. Um, but I think in retro, I, I, they're pretty comparable movies in my mind. Uh, they are obviously very different parts of the subgenre, but as far as recommending to someone looking for a horror movie, I think they're roughly on par with each other. And four and a half and five is pretty close. So sure. bang, but nailed it. The one distinction that I scientifically perfect rating scale
1: the the one distinction that i will make is that i would go with congo could potentially be the type of movie that you would recommend as a gateway movie i don't feel the same way about turbo kid because i feel like i feel like turbo kid is a movie that you need to have more of a bench to look back on and you can appreciate more in this movie as a result whereas congo you can just kind of build up I'm it, not sure it, it can exist on its own better than this. I'm not sure I agree with that. When I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was Mortal Kombat. Well, when I was I a kid, like, one of my favorite movies is Congo.
0: I feel like this is, yeah, that that. I mean, it's not a bad one to pick. But my point is, I'm not sure this is that far removed from Mortal Kombat the movie. It just has additional gore in it. So I mean, this is way better than that movie. As that fucking uh, movie. you shut your goddamn whore mouth. This is uh way more gory if you're
1: okay with gore then this is a good movie for kids but you're getting dangerously close to describing what needs to be the final verdict on this movie and that's should you get drunk with your buddies and drink beers and watch this movie i gave it the higher score because i rounded down less i think i have a much easier task yep watching this movie with people is that's how i think it's meant to be viewed uh i have watched it once with a friend i have watched it once by myself I liked it significantly more the time that I watched it with a friend because you are able to kind of get – especially when you're, I think, the age we are, you're able to kind of get into that zone where this is your childhood. This is our childhood. So it's biased, but if you can get a group of friends together and watch this and recall all those different elements that made up what you experienced as a kid – you're gonna have a good time. Like there's no two there's like there's no way you won't. So I don't understand how you could argue what you're about to have to do, Mark.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. But yeah, you
1: lose. There
0: so. <laughs> tiebreak. Yeah. Uh, it's important to note that we both rounded down. Yeah, it is. This exercise is meant. Our our website is built around horror movies, and the reason we rounded this down is because this isn't a horror movie. <laughs>
1: sure.
0: Uh, You know, I mean, I'd also say you should probably get drunk with your buddies and watch, I don't know, John Wick or something like that. Fuck that. But Con Air. Okay, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yep, Con Air. Great. But also, as far as our you know reviews are concerned, that's that's not we're not going to go out of our way to review Con Air as a horror movie, right? It's going to be the scare factor of like one. No, but
1: we did we did pick up an exercise that was hey, pick a movie that lives on that fringe and let's talk about why it might be considered as part of the genre.
0: Exactly. And I am clinging to the only thread I have because yep. this movie's awesome and you should definitely get drunk and watch it with your buddies.
1: Yeah, you should. And on that score, let's get the fuck out of here, yeah? Yes. This has been episode 58 of the A to Z Cast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to a to com, Or you can find us on the Phantom Podcast Network, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. Head on over there and check out all the other great shows. That's going to be at downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. If you want to see what we got going on on social, you can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. Those links will be down in the description below. And if you want to help the podcast out, guys, you can do us a big favor by liking, rating, or giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really want to help us out, just go ahead and tell somebody you know who's a horror fan about the podcast. Believe it or not, that does a ton for us. As always, the theme music for the A to Z Horrorcast has been coming at you from space. That's space without the A. Their link's going to be down there in the description below. Go and check out the rest of their music. And next week, we're going to wrap up this whole exercise with one final review. This is getting back to our home invasion category, and we're checking out Your Next from, I believe, 2011. So that'll be next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. You want to keep jamming it in there? You want to jam it any harder?